Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're learning Maseches Yuma, Daf Ayin Beis. We're going to be starting about 12 lines up or so from the bottom of the page on Ayin Aleph Amid Beis. And we're in the middle of our discussion of thread counts. Uh, we were discussing the other day how many um, strings there are within sheish, within linen. And now we're going to be continuing our discussion discussion of what the Torah meant with the word moshzar. So again, we're starting about, uh, I don't even count, 15 lines or so, 12 lines from the bottom. Moshzar shmona minola. The Brisa told us earlier, yesterday we saw this, that the Brisa indicated that when the Torah uses the word moshzar, it means that there is an eight thread count to each thread. Minola, how do we know this is true? So it says the Torah, as far as says the Gemara quoting the Torah, The Pasuk says over there. And by Parochas, we have Mashzar also. Just like by the Parochas, we know the thread count is 24, the Marimakomos of which we will see a little bit later. Afkan Esrim Arba here too. By the uh, by, the things that grow on the bottom, the things that are woven on the bottom of the meal, they're also twenty-four count. To have a kolchad v'chad tamne, there are three different types of uh, there are three different types of materials. That's what the pasuk indicates. The three different types of materials are techeles, argamon, and tolas shani, and there's uh, three of those. And we know that the total is 24. So just do the math. It must be that there are eight threads per count. That's what the word mashzar must, must teach us. And therefore mashzar must be eight. 10 lines or so from the bottom of Ayin Aleph Amid Beis says the Gemara, maybe instead of learning that the word mashzar means eight from the world of parochas, maybe we should learn it from the world of choshen ve'efod, where we said in the Brisa Malahalon Esri Mushmona that they were made out of, out of a 28 count of threads, Afkan Esr Mishmona. Maybe we should say that Mashzar means 28, just like it did by Choshen Ve'efod. So says the Gemara, nope, you can't do that. The Gemara says, three lines before the wide lines on the bottom of Ayin Aleph Amabez, Dunin, we are allowed to learn one thing from another. Dunin, Dover Shalom Ne'emar Bozahab, Midover Shalom Ne'emar Bozahab. We can learn Mashzar from the uh, from the rimonim, from the decorative parts that were at the bottom of the meal, no problem, because neither of them have gold. They are common in that neither of them have gold, but they're made out of fabric. However, la afuke, we should not be. We should be excluding the the uh, the capacity to compare from mashar to the world of choshen ve'efo shenamar bozal. So says the Gemara. Therefore, um, we should uh, we should assume that we're going to learn from the world of. Um, that we should be learning from the world, not of Zahab, but from the Me'il itself. Says the Gemara, Adarabo, done and begged me, begged. Forget about having gold being your common denominator. We should be learning from one garment to another. La fuke parochas de ohelu. The Me'il and anything that's Mashtar, at least those are begotten. But you're extrapolating from the world of parochas. The parochas is a kli based on Mikdash. It's a, it's a totally, it's an ohel. It's a totally different entity. Therefore, says the Gemara, that's a big problem. Uh, the Gemara doesn't uh, doesn't know what to do with this, and at the very first of the long lines at the bottom of Ayin Aleph and Beis, the Gemara says, "Eli, you're right. Done in me Avnate. We learn that the word Mashzar is eight from the world of Avnate. And what is the comparison? The Done in Beged Vidover Shalone Mar Bozav. It first has the status of being a Beged, and second, it has no gold. And that we learn from Mi Beged Vidover Shalone Mar Bozav. So we learn them from garments that are similar." We learn them the me'il, and we learn it from the avnate. Those are similar. The ain't done, and however, it is not appropriate to extrapolate to try and learn 
what the thread count is of mashzar to learn it from another area. But not to learn it from the choshen ve'efod, which do have zahav, and therefore says the Gemara, we now know with clarity that the mashzar, the word mashzar means eight threads, and we learn that from the world of avnit. And then the Gemara says four lines from the bottom of Mari Amar Ta'asenuksif. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi's four lines, five lines from the bottom of Rashi's. Dibra Maskal Ta'asenuksif. The Pasuk says, You shall make it. Bechoshen. That's a Pasuk unique to Choshen. Rashi continues, It was made Ta'asenu. It was made very uniquely. And therefore, when you look back in the Gemara, four lines from the bottom of Mari says, When the, when the Torah says Ta'asenuksif, Ta'asenu lazeh velola acher. You can't learn from there anyways. You can't learn from the from the Choshen whether or not it has gold because that was a unique, uh, a uniquely made garment. Ravashi, Amar Ve'asisa, you have a different problem, which is that it says Ve'asisa. What's the drush on the Pasuk of Ve'asisa? She'yihyu kol shavos, that everything has to be equal. Ve'hechi navid, how else could you have made it? If you want to say navid, tolasa de'asara, asara, if the three types of fabric, the tolashani, the tcheles argaman and the tolashani, if each of them were made out of 10, then havaluhu tolasa, and we would have been left with a 30 car, 30 uh, thread count, a 30 count of threads, and that's not the sheet of the Gemara. The Gemara says it's, it, we, we were trying to say maybe it's 28, like the Choshen Ve'efot, but we can't. It has to be even. And therefore, says the Gemara, Navi trade Tisha Tisha Vechad Asara. If you want to say that maybe by the Trelis and the Argamon, it's nine each, which is 18. And by the Tolash Shani, maybe that one will do 10, and nine plus nine is 18, plus 10 is 28. And therefore, we got to our 28. And maybe Mashtar also means 28. Says the Gemara, you're not allowed to do that because what was the Drusha we just saw in the name of Ravashi? That each of the uh, the allocations of the number of thread count has to be even within each type of thread. It's They have to be the same. The Torah says you should make them. Each of the thread counts of each of the three materials have to be the same. And therefore, anything times three is not going to equal 28. So what are we left for? We're back to 24. So eight times three is 24 like we started. And therefore, we have the conclusion of our Gemara that Mashar is a reference to the number of eight thread count. Then the, then the Gemara moves on on the bottom line of Ayin Aleph Mebez. What about the Me'il? The price we learned yesterday said that the Me'il was Shnei Masar, that the Me'il was a 12 thread count. The Me'il was the, the, the coat that he wore. Minalan, how do we know that that's true? Says the Torah, Dechsib. You have to make the meal of the ephod, and you have to make it kalil to chelas, top of ayin beis medalev. What does it mean kalil? Rashi says gedil. The in gedil pachos mishnayim. It has to be. Um, it has to be a gedil. It has to be a, a, a twist of some kind of. Um, uh, of some kind of strings, and it has to be at least two. So, and the word paroches, the word treles exists by paroches and exists by me'il. Malaholon, just like by, by the paroches, each thread count was six. Afkan shisha, so to here, by the me'il, each thread count is six. And the way that Rashi works out the math is that if each thread count is six, but you need kleel, you need it to be doubled, so six times two is 12. What was our question? We said, me'il shnei masarmanelon, how did we get to 12? It's two strings, each of which were uh, were made out of six. Wonderful, six times two is 12. Perfect. Says the Gemara, it's nice that you're learning it out from the paroches, but remember, we're talking about the me'il. Can't you learn it out from the Rimonim that were at the bottom of the Me'il? Says the Gemara, Vinilaf Mishulav 
the rimunav. Why don't we learn it from the hem of the very garment you're wearing? The thread count of the meal we want to say is 12. What if I could learn it from the from the rimonim that were stitched on, that were embroidered at the bottom? We said earlier that the uh, that the thread count of the design at the bottom was an eight count of thread. So maybe we should learn from there. Says the Gemara, we can't. Done in klimi klib and done in klimi tachshit. Because the halachic status of the rimon is that it was a tachshit, therefore we cannot extrapolate from the garment it's, itself to the tachshit. Says the Gemara, klib. What are you worried about the cleave for? Adaraba. Done in gufo mi gufo. You should be learning them one from another. Forget about the fact that it's a cleave. It's all the same garment. He's wearing a meal. At the bottom of the meal is the rimon. And you went to the parochas to go learn the thread count from meal. If the, you're not sure what the thread count is for the meal, look at the bottom and see what they did. We know it was eight. We know the thread count for the rimon was eight. So why didn't you just look at the same garment and say the top is, is eight, the bottom is eight, the top should also be eight. So says the Gemara, you're right, absolutely correct. And the Gemara acquiesces to this. And you're right, this is how, where we got to our principle that we saw the other day in our Mishnah. That whenever we have a scenario where there isn't a preordained set of thread count, we always assume that it's sheish. That would be true here. What about the parochas? This was also quoted from the Brisa yesterday. We're tearing apart that Brisa step by step. I in Beis Madal of seven, eight lines down. Parochas Esrim Arba. Everyone agrees that the thread count of the parochas was twenty-four. Dalid. There were four types of threads, and Deshisa Shisa. Each one of them was a six thread count. Six times four is twenty-four. Lodina Velodina. What does Lodina Velodina mean? Take a look at a beautiful Rashi. Fourth line of Rashi. Lodina Velodina. Ein Suffolk Ve'ir Or Bedover. There's no judge and there's no judgments. No one argues with this. There's nothing to discuss. As we say, this is 100% the case. Please God, everyone will know that the thread count without any questions of the paruches is 24 with each of the four types of wool or types of materials getting a thread count of, of six each, six times four is 24. What about the choshen ve'efod? There, the Brisa told us the other day that it was esrim v'shmona. How do we know that that's true? Minala, that it's a count of esrim v'shmona. So this is a little bit more complicated. The Gemara says, the Pasuk writes, a long quote from the Pasuk, v'asisa choshen mishpat choshev there's four materials. There's tcheles, there's argaman, there's tolashani, and there's sheish moshzar. That's four materials. Arba de shisa shisa, four times four, and each of them is six. That's twenty-four esrin ve'arba. How do we get to twenty-eight? Because in addition to those four threads, we also added in gold. And how did we do that? Zahav arba. What's 24 plus 4? 28. That was our question. We said, how do we get the Chosh and the Info to 28? Of the actual um, fabric, when we talk about Chelis, Vagaman, Shani, Vishesh, those four garments, each of those were, were a six count. Good. Good to go. That's 24. The last four is made out of gold. And therefore, says the Gemara, a third of the way down, Ha'esr Utmanya. That's 28. Says the Gemara, Ve'emazov Nami Shisho. Well, why break the mold? Why did you stop at 28? If, if all the threads, if the trellis were all a six count, why did you say that the gold is going to be uh, it's going to be a four count? That's very strange. So it says the Gemara, because the aim is of Nami Shisha, we should also say that maybe the gold thread is six. Nope, you can't. You need to cut the psilim. You need to cut a reference here to gold in this case. You need to cut the psilim. Psilim is plural. You need to cut the two psilim, which means that each of the two is going to be cut, generating four. 
That's what the pasuk means. That means kitzis psilim. Psil psilim. You're going to take you're going to take one psil and make it into psilim, and therefore you're going to end up with four harekan dalit. So therefore, we can't say that the gold is going to be like the other threads, and that it should be a six count. It has to be a four count because the pasuk says that that's how it's going to split. Says the Gemara in the name of Ravashi. Ravashi Amar Amar Argaman. It says, what about the treles and the argaman based on the pasuk and chumash? Hechi Navi. What should we do? So Navid Arba de tre tre. In regards to the four fabrics, we make each of them two that come. That brings us to eight. Havalahutmanya. That's going to be an eight thread count. Good. Navi tray detray tray. And if we take two of them, two each, so then you have uh, your eight times. Uh, you're going to have the eight, and then this is going to be um, this is going to be two times two. Tray detray tray. The tray dechadhu. In order to get the gold to be uh, to be the right number, to be six as you posit, that's impossible because then you have to have the gold. Remember, the gold only comes in pairs of two. So if you have gold coming, gold coming in pairs of two, that's going to be four. You can't get to six with pairs of two. You need a pair of two, but it's not done that way. You want to save a trade chad chad, and one of the pairs. So then you have three pairs of two. That's not what the pasuk said. The pasuk says ki says psilim. Says that doesn't work for another reason as well. Ve'asisa halfway down on ayin beis medalev sheyu kol asuyosef shavos that all of the breakdowns of the gold have to be the same. And therefore you can't have two sections of two each. And then the next one is gonna be one section of two. That is an inconsistency that the Pasuk cannot tolerate. And therefore we cannot have it be the case. We cannot have it be the case that when it comes to the gold, that it's going to be six, it must therefore be four. And therefore there's, as it relates to the Choshen Ve'efo, there's four types of fabric. There's Tchelitz Argaman Tola Shani V'Sheish, that's four. Each of them is a six, a six braid, a six uh, thread count. That's 24. And because gold can't be six, it has to be four. So 24 plus four is 28. That's how the Choshen Ve'efo would get to their count. The Gemara is now going to go basically from here until the end of the daf today for a number of short agaritas, some of which are well-known, some of which are not, all of which are beautiful. Says the Gemara, three lines, four lines before the wide lines. Anyone who tears the, the begadim of the coin gadol, of a coin, excuse me, they will be lokesh and emar loyikare, it should not be torn maske, he says, wait one second. Maybe what the Torah is saying is as follows. We should make it a lip, we should put a hem, um, we should put a hem on it at the edge so that it doesn't fray, so that it won't tear. Not to say that there's an isser to tear it, but we're preparing, we're being smart. We don't want it to, it's a preventative measure to put in the hem, but it's not an isser to tear it, says the Gemara. Well, maybe that would have worked, but that's not what the Torah says. Miksiv with the shin, she lo yikarea. Think about the difference. You tell your child, don't do this. Or you tell your child, I'm trying to make it so that I'm going to prevent you from doing this. They're different. One is a tzivui of lo yikarea. But he says, that's what the Gemara is arguing. Do we say we're putting in the hem so that it won't tear? No, that wasn't the Torah's tzivui. It says so that you don't tear it. So therefore we know that there's malkos for that, that there's an iser. If someone removes the choshen, the breastplate from the ephod, from its holder, anyone who removes the the poles of the Aaron, they will get Malkos as well. Because it says you cannot remove it, and it says you cannot remove it. Different languages for removing, one for the Choshen from the Ephod, and one for the uh, the removal of the Badim by the... Um, by the Aram. So it says the Gemara, the same question. Hold on one second. When maybe when the Torah was saying, just 
make sure that they're fixed in very tightly. Make sure that they're they're put in properly. So that again, it's not that there's an iser of mabimi. It's just that we're gonna we're gonna tell you not to touch them so that they don't fall out. Says the No, same question, same retort we said before. The shin wasn't there in the pasuk. The pasuk says lo yizach and lo yazur, not shelo yizach, so that it won't happen. And therefore, the gemara rejects that, and we we maintain our start that there is an iser. We're three fourths of the way down, about ten lines from the bottom of the page. Rav Yosi he brought two psukim one against another. First, in regards to the Aaron, it says, One Pasuk says that the poles have to be in the Aaron, they cannot be removed. And then it says, But that they, they can move inside the rings, they just can't be re- removed from the rings. They were, uh, they were movable within the rings, but they couldn't be removed from the rings. You're able to slide the the badim as necessary, but you were not allowed to take them out. That was that's the balance. It's not that they couldn't be moved a millimeter, a centimeter, an inch. It's just that they couldn't be removed. Tanya Nami Hachi, the Brisa writes uh, exactly like this idea. Misparkin Enish Batim, seven eight lines from the bottom. That the rings of the Aron should be inside. Uh, should have poles in them. Maybe we would have thought that they can't have any movement at all. That they can be moved inside the tabos. If they can be moved, maybe they can be put in and maybe they can be taken out. Says the Gemara, no, absolutely not. That the Pasuk says they have to be there. How do we explain this seeming contradiction of Sukkim? Just like we said. So the halacha is that please, God, we should have the opportunity to see the Aron. If you're the right person to touch it, we got to make sure you're the right person. You got to make sure you're a Tahar, Paraduma. There's a lot to go through to get there, but please, God, soon. But under those circumstances, circumstances, just make sure not to take them out of the pole. That would be a great way to great way to go out. You know, all of a sudden you get everything back. You don't keep one of the halachos and boom. And we know the stories from Tanakh where people tried to catch the Aron as it were. The, the, the Aron was no say as atzmo. So that we got to be very careful, of course, but the halacha is misbar ken ve'en Next halacha, four lines from the bottom. The Gemara is not a halacha, it's a medrash. says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina. What does the Pasuk mean when it says atzei shitim omdim? That the cedar wood that was used was standing. A few different pshatim. Number one, they were positioned in a way as to how they grew. Meaning the bottom of the tree was closer to the ground and the top of the tree was above the ground. Now they've been cut from the tree, but the orientation remained the same. Right, so that's how they would put up the wood. Tavar Acher, another shot in the word Omdin when it says Ateshitim Omdin Shema Amidin Es Tzifuyan. There was hammered gold. It would hammer the gold and it would create its own indentations and grooves into the wood itself. It was Amudin. It would hold up the wood. Would hold up the hammered gold. We've lost our chance with the with this when the base Mikdash falls. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi here in her margin, four lines from the bottom. When the Aaron was hidden, what does Avad Sivran mean? That we will not get it back. Difficult language to understand, but that's what how Rashi explains it. That which we pine for, uh, we no longer have a chance. So therefore, it comes along the Torah to teach us the word there will be a time where the base of Mikdash will be rebuilt and uh, we should not lose our emotions in the past. We should still be hopeful for the future. As mentioned many times, we learned this here in the, probably in this very room, maybe from Zoom. I don't know where we were at this time. Uh, but we learned the Gemara Masechah Shabbos that asks, says that one of the six questions that we will be asked, B'Shas Adin, a statement of Rava, is whether or not we were to see peace of the Yeshua. Did we look forward to that? So it's the Ani Mamin Even though things are delayed, 
Afalpikain, we're still waiting. And that's the hashkafa that's being presented here in the Gemara. Bottom line of Ayn Bezimadalafamrabihamabarchaninamaidh, what does the Pasuk mean when it says as big day has srud, the Sharais Bakodesh, the clothes of the Sarad, the leftover clothes that will be served. What does the word leftovers mean? It says the Gemara top of Ayn Bezimad Bez. If not for the fact that a Kadesh Baruch Hu gave us the big day kihuna, take a look at Rashi. Just please note there's no Tosos on this page. So this Rashi is in both columns. So this first Rashi we're looking at is on the top. Right column, which is normally Tosos, When the Kohanim would bring the Korbanos, then uh, the halacha is that uh, we get kapara, bar Hashem. The problem is if you don't know how to do the thread count, if you don't know how to make the begadim, then it's le'ikuva. You're not allowed to do the avoda, even if there's one thread missing from the thread count. If the parochet doesn't have the 24 count per thread, it has a 23 counts per thread. Well, that's a big problem. You're not allowed to do that. So therefore, says the Gemara, it's a big deal that we had the big day kihuna because ilmale big day kihuna. Without that, lo nishtayim yisonein shal yisrael sorry to pali. This is a metaphor. Sonein shal yisrael. Uh, those who do sins who are in fact Jewish, the, that uh, there would be no Jews left over, and there wouldn't even be a sorry to pali. No one would be left because why would a kodesh without kapara? Even with kapara, need Fine, but certainly, certainly under the circumstances, without it, we'd be in big trouble. So therefore, Baruch Hashem, that the big day kahuna ever existed. Reb Shmuel Bar Nachmeni Amar the Bei Reb Shimon Tana that Reb Shmuel Bar Nachmeni quoting from Bei Reb Shimon and there he quotes a source from the Tana Begadim Shegordon Osan Kibriyas and Miklehen that when they made the Begadim of the Kohen Gadol when they when they were done on the loom they came off ready to wear Umisrad in Mehen Klum but there was a little bit left over Maihi what was left over Rish Lakishamar Elu Maisem Machat there was a little bit of needlework to be done now we know of course that the the Begadim of the Kohen Gadol were Maisa Orig they were woven they were not. They were not like needled. They were woven like a weave, like you'd use with a warp and a whiff and a loom and the whole the whole normal thing that we talk about by Hilchos Shabbos. So here, what's the Maisemacha? It says the Gemara, hang on one second. That does not work. We learned in the Gemara, Masech Hezvachim, Big Dei Kehuna, Ein Osen Oso, Maisemacha, Ela Maise Orik, Shunemar Maise Orik, the Pasuk in Chumash says Maise Orik. So you're not allowed to take a needle to the Begadim of the Kohen Gadol. It can only be a Maise Orik, no needles. You can't just tie on buttons. It doesn't work that way. You're not allowed to do that. It has to be my sorry. Amar Abai, he answers eight lines down. I mean, Beis and Beis. How does Abai explain this? He says, no. You need to know a little bit more about the construction of the begadim of the coin. And the, the, the way that it worked is that the, the torso section of this was made on the loom, was made on the machine, quote unquote, was made on the, on, the, on the weaving machine. And that would be ready to wear. However, the arms... The sleeves were not, and this is explicit in a brisa. What does Avaya say? In regards to the sleeves, the brisa writes, The sleeves of the clothes of the Kohanim, those were woven on their own. And then afterwards, they were then stitched at the shoulder like we have on our suits, like we have on our shirts. Our sleeves are a separate piece of fabric than the actual torso of our shirt. Everyone who is wearing a shirt in this room has the same exact thing. We all have a cut right here. It's always made that way because it falls nicer. But that's how they made it there as well. And the sleeve was long enough that it would fall down to the palms of their hands. Next section of the Gemara. Famously, explicitly, you know, written this way in the Torah. There were three different Aronos that were made for the Aron. And Saishel eights, the middle one was made out of wood and it was Tisha. It was nine tefach deep. Pnimi, the one, the gold that went inside this nine this, uh, this wood box, the one that went inside that was made out of gold was Shimon. It was only eight tall. And Chitzon, the outer one into which both of the boxes went, the largest box that contained both the wood and the smaller gold box, Chitzon, 
Asara v'mashu. It was ten tall plus a little bit. Says the Gemara v'hatanya achad asaru mashu. We have a brisa that says that the outer box was not ten tall, but it was rather eleven tall. Lokasha says the Gemara that's not a contradiction. Ha! Huh, the one who says that it's actually eleven tall, that the outer box of gold was eleven tefach tall. Hakamad amar yeshba ovio tefach that that the the base of the wood at the bottom was a tefach. Why it was a tefach tall? And therefore, because it was a tefach tall, we had to compensate on the outside size of it, and therefore it had to be 11. That makes perfect sense. So that math works out. Ha! Huh? And the shita that holds it was only 10 and a little bit. That's command damar ein ba'ovio tefach, that the floor of the wood of the arun was not at all ba'ovio tefach. It was much thinner than a tefach, which is a couple, a good few inches. Well, my mashu, what is this little mashu that says here that the outside box was 10 and a little bit, or 11 and a little bit, as we saw the machlokas and the tanoim here in the brises? So Zagba Gemara's follows. Zir, there was a little crown, a little decorative, uh, little decorative trim at the top of that um, of that uh, golden box. And Amr of Yochanan, a third of the way down, Ayn Bezim Bez. Rav Yochanan says, Shlosha Zirimhin, there were three types of crowns. Shel Mizbeach, Vishel Aron, Vishel Shulchan. There was one by the Mizbeach, the one inside the base, inside the Heichal. Vishel Aron, we know the one we're talking about now. Vishel Shulchan, there was also one in the Shulchan. Shel Mizbeach, the one that was by the Mizbeach, ha, ha, the Mizbeach HaZohov, that Zohar Aron Unatalo. He merited getting that and it belongs to him. Shel Shulchan Zohar David Unatalo. When the, the one by the Shulchan, that one belongs to David. However, shall Aaron Adayin Munachu Kol Harotze Likach Yavov Yikach. Anyone, anyone who wants to take the crown of the Shulchan, they are welcome to it. Of course, this is a metaphor in Kemach in Torah. The Shulchan is representative of bread. In fact, we learned some halachic discussions here about what does it mean that there is a mitzvah of tummy. Tummy to learn constantly. So that's a machlokas based on, on not this exact Gemara, but on the discussion of the Shulchan. The Shulchan is representative of Torah. Shema Tomar Pachosu says the Gemara, maybe we would have feared that the uh, the gold decorative trim, but yes, you're correct. I apologize. The Arun, the Arun, and you just reminded me of a Kliyakar, a la Parsha. The Kliyakar writes that the reason why the uh, why the eights had to be in the middle of the Arun was because but in and of itself was representative of Torah. Erase the last 30 seconds. Thank you very much. So here, the uh, what we were talking about that was uh, everyone is called that was not talking about the Shulchan, but rather talking about the Arum. Shema Tomar Pachos, who maybe we should say that the... Um, that this little golden trim that was uh, by the Aron, maybe we should say Pachosu, that it's the least meaningful. Tamalomar, no. Dimalachim Yamluchu. Through me, the kings will rule. Namely, that this is of the most chashuv. The Gemara then asks uh, a, a question, a stira in Psukim. It's really not a stira in Psukim, it's a stira in Kri and Ksiv. Rami Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan Rami, excuse me. What does he say? Ksiv, Zar. The Pasuk reads Zar. How do we read it? We read it as Zir or Zer. Uh, the Karina and Zer. So I don't understand which one is it. Zar sounds like a stranger, and Zer sounds wonderful that it's a crown. Says the Gemara, Zacha, then Na says Lo Zer. If a person was Zoche, Zoche to what we'll see in a moment, then Na says Lo Zer, then it's created going to be a crown. Lo Zacha, but if they did not marry, then Zara Himeno, then they'll become a stranger to it. Take a look at Rashi in the outer margin, four lines from the bottom of the page, Ki Rashi. What does Zacha mean? Zacha, Lilmo Lishma Ulekaima. No big deal. It's really just not, it's not difficult to learn Torah Lishma and to keep it. What does it mean to learn Torah Lishma? You're not learning Torah for the mental gymnastics, though we have certainly done our fair share. You're not learning Torah to feel chashub because that's not what learning Torah is all about. 
You're learning Torah for one reason, and that is to get a greater tefis on a Kodesh Baruch Hu. If that's what's driving a person to learn, so that's, that, what, that is one shot in what, in what the word lishma means in learning. You're not learning with any ulterior motives. All you want to do is get close to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and therefore you're learning his Torah. You learn how you think, learn how he thinks, and learn how... I don't know how HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to dissect things and psukim. And this all has, goes back to the larger idea of halacha Moshe Misina, that Moshe gave us HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Mesorah. That's our Mesorah. It's Hashem's Mesorah through Moshe. And therefore, Zacha, Nases, Lozir, Lo Zacha, Zarahimenu, that if one learns Lishma, so then it is as though the Torah is a crown to them. And if they did not learn for those purposes, then Zarahimenu. Rav Yochanan again, Rami Ksiv, he has a stirim sukim, Sisa Loch Aron eats. You should make for yourself a box made out of wood. And then it says, Uksiv in the plural, Aron Atse Shitim. How do we? How do we make these two psukim fit? So it says the Gemar Mikan the Talmud Chacham. When you have a Talmud Chacham who's represented by the Aron Shabnei Iro Metzuvin Laasos Lo Melachto, that they should support him. Not every Talmud Chacham, but the Talmud Chachamim who should be sitting and learning, and it should be uh, the exceptional ones with whom we should be investing our our dollars and our resources and anything that we can do to support them. Every community needs to have people who are sitting and learning, without a doubt. The Gemara continues that the Aron has to be coated in gold inside and out. Amar Rava Big musr, huge musr. Kol tamad chacham shein tocho kevaro eno tamad chacham. Anyone who is knowledgeable in Torah, but their insides are not like their outsides. They're playing a game. It's a charade. They're charlatans, really. They just have a lot of information. It's, oh, like you come, I'll pass in a shayla for you. But really, they're not. They're not. They haven't been impacted by the Torah. Then they are not a tamad chacham. Then uh, Abaye takes it a little bit stronger. Abaye b'tema raba barula nikra nisav. This person from the word toeva. This person is going to is considered abominable. That's terrible behavior. It's not just that you're not a tamad chacham. Abaye takes it further and says you're really a bad person. The word toeva is used a few times throughout halacha, and then none of them are in good cases. So okay, whatever the pasuk speaking about, he's drinking the water, but it's avla. It's bad. So that's a, not a good thing. One should make sure that they're tocho kivar that we tried our, I was just talking to someone tonight, we have to make sure we all have Yetzirah, we all fail at things, we have to be honest about that, we don't have to share all of our dark secrets, but we should recognize that we're not perfect and say we're not perfect, make a mistake, good, that's very healthy. So that's Tocho Kivaro, is being, you know, kind of wearing your honesty on your sleeve without all the details. two-thirds of the way down, Amar my what does the mean when it says, He's going to to buy chachma, but he doesn't have any. So it says the Gemara, the people who are not the Talmud Chachamim, these are people who learn, but they have no desire to have Yirash Shamaim. They have no desire for closeness or or kurva with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. It is chaval for those who don't have a field to protect. Yet still, the Tara Ladarte Avid, still they put a gate around this field that doesn't exist. So that is what the Gemara says is the mashal for the Sonein Shal Yisrael, for people who are not the Talmud Chacham who are Oskin Vitor Ba'in Ban Yirashamayim. A similar reflection where Yirashamayim is the protector um, of our learning. We saw this in Masech Shabbos as well, that Yirashamayim, in in Ilolo, the Gemara there says that it's uh, it's what holds everything together. So it's not it's not Dvarim Shutim. Only by Moshe Rabbeinu do we say that Yirashamayim is Milsa Zutra Sahi. We have to work on that, but uh, that's part of our Avodah. Says the Gemara, about 15 lines from the bottom, four lines before the wide lines. We're going to go until three lines before the end of the page. Rava said to the rabbi, so to the Tamil Chachamim in the base Medrash, please, I'm begging you, lo siratun tarte gehenim. 
Don't doubly earn or inherit teratun, yarshun, tough and shin. Don't doubly inherit Gehenim. What is he talking about? Rashi, inner column, top of the page, five lines down, Dibra Maschal Tarte Gehenim. He says, you don't want to be in this world to work hard and to study and to learn Torah and not to keep it. And then Gehenim, and because of that, one is going to inherit Gehenim, Rachman Litzlan, when they die. Even when you were alive, lo Fascinating idea. You're also supposed to get a Hanna in this world as well. That's also a beautiful idea. We don't believe in asceticism. We don't believe in shutting down the pleasures of the world. We got to strike the balance. Absolutely fine. That's what the Gemara says. And this may be one of the reasons why we do this in Shul. Why do we, what does this Pasuk mean? Some Moshe, share some Moshe. Zacha, if you learn Torah for the right reasons, then then the Torah that you learn will be an elixir for your life. Then it will be bad for you. When he's expert at it, at learning Torah, then then it's the elixir of life. And if not, then it's going to be this, the, the drug that will kill you. Two lines into the middle with lines. I'm a Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmeni. Rabbi Yonasan Rami Ksiva contradiction in Pesukim. One pasuk says, Hashem Sham that the, the mitzvahs that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us are beautiful. They make us very happy. Uchsiv another pasuk. Uh, another uh, pasuk says, Imras Hashem Tzirufa. The, the phrases, the teachings of Hashem are Tzirufa. Tzirufa to be a tzoreif. That's like the is the refinery of metal. It's boiling hot and it removes the impurities from a metal. That's what tzirufa refers to. So how do we answer this contradiction? One saying that mitzvahs make us happy. The other says that it's a, it's a fire pit. How do we solve that problem? Zacha, if you learn for the right reasons, mesamachto, the Torah makes you feel geshmak. Lo zacha tzarafto. And if not, then uh, the experience uh, that you're going to have is going to be one like the purification of metal, which is unpleasant. First of the very long line, Reish Lakish, Amar, Nomi, Gufei, the Kronafka, we don't have to have a contradiction in terms. Everything, it's not really a stira. If you're Zochah, so then you may go through the challenges of the of removing impurities, but it'll be Lechaim, it'll be Givaldic. But if not, then the process of going of going through this improvement of removing your impurities will be a very bad one, and it will lead to Misa. Next Pasuk to analyze. Yiras Hashem Omed what does this pasuk mean? That the fear of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is pure and it lasts forever. That there's a person who learns Torah Batara. What's learning Torah Batara? So it says the Gemara Maihi, no Torah. One who learns with the calm of the Yetzer Hara, uh, in, uh, where one is more calm after they have uh, an Isha Ba'achakach Lomitor, and then they're sitting and learning can be on the level of Tara. Edus Hashem Nemona. What does the pasuk mean when it says that a Kaddish Baruch Hu's Torah is, is Edus? That it's trustworthy to be our aid. Amar Abichia Bar Abba, Neemanahi lehei belom dea. The Torah is going to say, "I know that this chaver learned. I know when when there's a kitruk, we can we we will have an angel upstairs saying, I know, I know that I learned. I was in shir. I was learning. Whatever the case may be." My Sirokim, last little sigil for the night. The Pasuk says that it was my Sirokim, that it was made in an embroidery. And the other says, my Sechoshev, it was made with a different Chachma. So it says the Gemara, Amar Rebbe Lazar, Shirokmin b'makom Shechoshmin. You would embroider in the place that you would draw. So first they would create a shape on the, uh, they would draw a shape with stitching lines, and then they would fill it in with embroidery a little bit thicker. Okay, so it says the Gemara, Tana Mishmed Reb Nechemya. Rokim, my Semachat. To do embroidery is stitching with a needle. Uh, because you're stitching with a needle, you can decide how deep into the 
into the garment you want to go, and therefore parts of echad. That's what we have right here on the parochas. The stitching is only on the outside. It's not on the inside. You can't see it all the way to the other side. But choshev, that is my saorig lefikach shnei partsufos. That type of work, that's the garment itself. The fabric itself was woven in that way. And if you put something on a weave and you put a shape, it's going to show on both sides. And that's what shnei partsufos means. We'll stop right here. Four lines from the bottom. Anayin bezim and bezim. Here's Hashem tomorrow. We'll learn daf and gimel together. Next week, I'm out of town Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Sunday is a fast day, so we have a lot to figure out. Um, I will uh, think it over, speak it over with some of you, and let you know what our next steps are. Wishing you all a beautiful night.